Hello, my friend, and welcome to this live stream or audio podcast. It depends where you consume this content. And today we have interesting topic about technical SEO because it's very important today to optimize your website. It's the foundation of SEO and many websites that have technical errors can't get uh, SEO ranking positions. They usually fail. So today we are going to extend more about that. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Olivia Breda. How are you? I'm fine, Anatoly. Very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, sunny day, good day, you know, positive mindset. So yeah, <laughs> and I'm excited to learn more about technical SEO. Uh, I know that it's very important. Uh, I don't uh, want to tell that some topics are more important than uh, others, but uh, I know 20% of users can leave websites for a few seconds um, because of uh, site speed, of many other technical errors and people have no time to wait when uh, uh, you have some technical errors. It's better to them to choose other websites. So that's why I'm excited to learn more about it. Uh, before we start, just tell more about your SEO experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about technical SEO. Okay, I wanted to first answer the previous questions how I am. Uh, a friend of mine used to answer like this, excellent and doing going better. So I'm both excellent and also going better. I, I think your reply was in that sense. So my name is Olivia Breda. I'm from uh, Romania. I currently live by the seaside and also to the question, how am I? I uh, just went to the beach this day and in the morning. Uh, right now in Romania, it's uh, it's evening. Um, mm -hmm. I work as a freelancing, freelancer in search and optimization. I've been doing this for more than 10 years. I think that after a few years, it doesn't matter if you have 15 years or five years. It's uh, after a while, the numbers uh, just keep growing and the experience develops. So I'm uh, mostly focusing on SEO. I also have some knowledge on uh, WordPress website and uh, some knowledge on uh, user experience. And uh, as uh, specific niches I work with, I, uh, I have some experience working with e-commerce clients, uh, with some uh, websites in the publishing area, and uh, I also like to work with NGOs. Um, I go a lot to events as a personal hobby, so I, I, uh, I've been to quite a few events and uh, conferences, seminars, webinars, online, offline, <laughs> in, in Romania, international, whatever, I've been to quite a few events. And um, also as hobbies, I like to listen to music and uh, see movies. And when I travel to read books, I, I don't read at home, but uh, since I go moving around, I, I read mm -hmm. while I travel. So this is the mm -hmm. Nice, nice. You know, we have uh, a lot of people online right now and many of them from different countries, uh, Canada, India, Pakistan, Mali, many other countries. Uh, guys, thanks a lot for uh, taking your time uh, to learn more about SEO. And uh, I have the first question uh, about uh, difficulty of uh, technical SEO. Can you tell, for example, uh, when uh, I check out websites with many different tools like Screaming Frog, Google Search Console, many others, I usually have a bunch of errors for any websites. Can you tell how to find critical errors that it's must have to fix? Because uh, if, uh, you know, web developers always reply, I can't fix all of them, but we need to fix critical errors. Can you tell how to divide them? Yes, uh, I have two, a few observations about this. So first is that uh, some um, SEO tools are specifically made so that they would uh, scare you. They, they earn their living by scaring visitors and uh, 
not visitors, their users. So I go to a website. If I scan the website and it tells me I'm 98% uh, correct and only two errors or something like that, uh, I will feel that uh, I can ignore it. But if I scan a website and it tells me it had thousands of errors, all in red, a few of them in orange, all of them must be fixed, I will think, oh, this is a good tool. Uh, I must use this tool more because it gives me so many errors and I have so to fix. I, I like this tool. So it's actually a paradox that uh, when you use a tool, they are enticed and motivated to uh, tell you you have problems. So just keep this in mind. Uh, and the, another thing I want to tell you is that uh, I don't, for uh, the few years from now, I cannot foresee how um, a person's place could be taken by a machine. So with the tool, you can get a lot of information like, what is the length of the meta title? What is the length of the meta description? Does it have a meta title? Does it have a meta description for a specific page? I, I mean, okay, uh, sitemap XML, is it large enough? Does it contain most pages? Does it contain links to indexable pages? They, they, a lot of things can be measured and tools can tell you, look, you have a sitemap, it's uh, pretty good. You are not linking to non-crawlable uh, URLs the meta description length is fine and so on. But still you need a person's eye. So just by looking at the tool, which will give you, they will also give you a grade because uh, again, you will have to be motivated. If they tell you, look, we have found uh, 5,000 errors, you won't know that if it's big or normal. But if they tell you you rank 76 out of 100, you will know, okay, I, I need to improve 25%. Okay, so, um, Coming back one second. Okay, let me think. I, I think I lost my, the idea. Uh, okay, uh, for example, uh, can you tell your loving list of uh, SEO tools uh, that uh, I think all masters need to use and uh, how to choose priorities by fixing these errors on uh, these uh, specific tools? Okay. One uh, tool I recommend to buying to pretty much anyone is Screaming Frog. I like this tool very much. You can run it on your computer. It's, uh, it's not expensive. Uh, and since it only uses your own resources, like your computer, your internet, and so on, it, it doesn't have that much cost as an online tool. Um, if you use, uh, okay, this is uh, Screaming Frog is a tool for. Uh, crawling a website and it will tell you things like meta title, meta description and so on. Okay. Uh, but there are tools for other uh, uses. For example, if you want to do keyword research, a tool like SEMrush or Hrefs, or if you want something relatively free or almost free, it's keyword, Google Keyword Tool and Google Trends. So these are for keyword research. If you want to do backlink analysis, tools like Hrefs, Moz, Majestics, Majestic, uh, SEMrush are good for backlinks. If you want to analyze a website, like the structure, uh, the tool I recommend the most is Screaming Frog, but there are others like Sidebulb, uh, which is quite similar to Screaming Frog. And you could also use tools like Hrefs, SEMrush, and Moz to crawl, deep crawl, to crawl a website. Okay, you asked me, the question was what I recommend using. So for, uh, for crawling a website, I prefer uh, Screaming Frog. I use it the most. For uh, mm -hmm. links, a combination of SEM Rush and uh, uh, Hrefs. For mm -hmm. 
uh, for keyword research, I think most of them will do fine. Hrefs, uh, SEMrush, uh, uh, Google's keyword tool, they are pretty decent to, to, to the most thing. And I remember what I wanted to tell you earlier. I wanted to tell you that even if a tool can tell you, look, the meta description can have so and so length, uh, it won't be able to tell you if the meta description is well made. It will tell you the length and perhaps if you use some keywords, but it will not know if you use the meta description properly, if the meta titles are fine. You still need the person's eye. So to answer your previous question, which I now remind, mm -hmm. remember, um, you shouldn't be scared about the priorities a tool tells you. You need to have experience in SEO to properly interpret the results because the tools are motivated to tell you everything is red. You need to fix everything. You have a poor website. Use our tool to become better. Don't trust mm -hmm. this. Always have this uh, skepticism in your mind. And okay, you will need to know to as from your personal experience what is important and what isn't. I can't give you a <laughs> like that your solution. What is important, what isn't? You need some reading on SEO and some experience with SEO stuff. You know, I think it's called uh, SEO instinct. You know, <laughs> when you can't tell, yeah. but when you see in specific example, you can analyze and tell. Yeah, it's very important. <laughs> And uh, okay, I have the question about um, uh, learning these tools. Can you tell how to uh, learn uh, about these tools, how they work? Because you know, I have a lot of students uh, in my network who are asking me, please provide insights how to screaming frog, Google Search Console. Can you tell from your experience? Uh, for example, if you started from scratch, what will you do to learn more about these tools and to get all insights from them? Okay. Um... If I were a student, I would try to create uh, free accounts and as many tools as I can. I would I would create myself a blog. It's it's not uh, that expensive to buy a domain, uh, buy some hosting, and at the beginning you don't need very expensive hosting, and you just try things out. You create a blog and you start blogging about something. And the uh, Screaming Frog allows you to scan 500 URLs. When your blog is just at the beginning, you will likely not have 500 URLs, so you will fit in that. Uh, you can use it for free, actually. Other tools ask you for money for uh, for a trial, but you can still use some tools for a few days, like two weeks or one month, just to test them out. They give you a demo. Uh, Hrefs, if you connect your website with Hrefs, it allows you to scan 10,000 URLs per month. For the URLs, you can prove you own. So you cannot start scanning your competitors for free. But if you can prove that you own a website, you can scan, I think, 10,000 URLs in Hrefs for free. And there are other tools, which this is what I would do. I would try to get a trial to use them for uh, two weeks or one month for free and just mm -hmm. start using and getting an idea. And also I would start experimenting with my own website. Okay, I've read, uh, let's say I've read two opinions about uh, meta titles and I'm not uh, convinced. Should I put the uh, brand name at the beginning or at the end? Should I add emoticons in the meta title? Should I uh, strict keep the meta titles to 60 characters or should I add to 80 and allow Google to cut it? I would do all sorts of experiments like that because it's my own website. Another idea would be to try to connect an NGO, like an organization which does volunteering work and telling them, look, I'm a student, I'm just learning myself, but I think I can help you. If you would let me 
try and do some experiments on your website. I would love to work for free on your website as long as you allow give me the possibility to learn from uh, what I am doing. And of course, you will do some mistakes and they will be upset perhaps. But uh, I think they would mostly appreciate the fact that you are trying to do generally okay. And as soon as you discover that something is wrong, you will try to fix. Uh, I have some uh, experience with doing this. Uh, I, I generally try and help NGOs which uh, after a while I, I get to use how to how to do it properly but but in the beginning I think I made some mistakes and so it's either of this you you find uh, some entity like a, a website who is willing to allow you to test on you on on their behalf or you create your website perhaps you try on an affiliate website you try for example you if you like books or movies or whatever you can start writing reviews i like this book because and you write a very detailed review of a book and you put an affiliate link and try to rank uh, that page for queries related to affiliate this is my opinion and how you should learn just by trying and experimenting as many things as possible. And of course, you should read in the meantime. You should read blogs, books. I, they get old mm -hmm. uh, quite soon. If you read the book from three years from before, you will get some basic ideas, but you will get some, perhaps some ideas that don't work that well anymore. So I would read blogs, books to some degree, and perhaps like listen to podcasts and seeing videos like yourself. Yeah, love it. <laughs> love it, love it. Okay, guys, it's better to learn because without learning, it's hard to go ahead. So, and uh, I agree with you. Uh, you need to learn and test, test because you know uh, we have short memory. We can forget anything for a few moments. You know, if, for example, uh, I can forget for a few hours if I've learned something without testing. I, I usually make notes. Uh, I can share with my audience and I can test it. So uh, it helps to memorize. It helps to go ahead with that. So yeah, I agree completely with you. Can you tell about uh, green? Line uh, with page speed insights. Is it important to optimize to get this green line? I mean, like, because my, uh, many webmasters tell, you know, I want to get 100% how to do it because uh, uh, I usually have like uh, 50, 60%. I don't know. But uh, I often see websites in the top 10 results that have red line, you know, they rank well, they get traffic. But uh, how is important uh, from your experience to get this green line uh, by page speed insights? Okay. Um, so a few things about uh, this. Uh, let's say you want to start a website. If you want to mm -hmm. start a website, if you start right with the idea, I want to have a very fast website, you can do some things right from the beginning, like choosing a template, which is fast, like choosing a hosting, which is fast by finding some solutions to improve your speed right from the beginning. This, this is an important aspect. If you want to have an old website, which has sliders, which has some images, which are, for example, if you don't use a external hosting for the images, a CDN, and all sorts of stuff. If you want to optimize a website, which is large, which has a lot of images, which uh, all, uh, runs all sorts of JavaScript, CSS, and all stuff like that, it's not impossible to improve it, but it's very difficult. On the other hand, if you just start a website and you choose right from the beginning a template which is fast and you try to do it from the beginning, it's much easier. This is one observation. Another observation, uh, one second, I, <laughs> I have, okay, uh, about the green light. Uh, there are two 
separate things. One is the grade which Google gives you at, at uh, Google PageSpeed Insights or WebDev. Uh, it's the same tool. Uh, the WebDev gives you more information also about user experience. Um, so this is one thing, uh, the, the grade which Google gives you. And the other grade is the actual speed of your website. And it is not the same. You can have a website which uh, has 30 on uh, Google's speed and which loads actually very fast, not perhaps not uh, in one millisecond or so, whatever the speed, the enormous speed. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't load extremely fast, but it, it can, you can have a website which has red and uh, 30 and still load quite fast. And um, I tend to measure it with tools like uh, web page speed and uh, mm -hmm. uh, Pingdom, uh, there's another, tool called Pingdom, where you can select, I want to scan my website from Europe or from United States mm -hmm. or from another place, and they will give me the actual speed of the website. So if you separate the two things, the grade given by Google and the grade which actually shows how slow or fast your website moves, you will see that it's quite different. You can have a website which loads in one second or two seconds, which is perfectly fine in my opinion, and still have uh, red or uh, orange on Google's page speed, which for this reason, I I would be quite skeptical about the Google page speed. Another thing, um, Google's page speed, it's important for ranking, but it's still of quite minor uh, uh, importance. Google, as far as I know, tends to use it on mobile results. So if I search for uh, a restaurant in uh, New York, if I'm in New York, on mobile, if I'm on the street, I'm looking for a restaurant, I want my website to load very fast. So for that reason, uh, Google tries to put more emphasis on loading the website fast on mobile. But if I search for a restaurant in, in New York while I'm at home with my broadband and I have uh, all the time in the world and I open a lot of websites, I care less about the speed. So in this case, Google will not prioritize speed as much. As far as I know, Google tends to use uh, the speed. For example, if you have two almost identical websites and one is a bit faster and one is a bit slower. In that case, for mobile, it will show the faster website a bit higher. But mm -hmm. um, it's, it's not, a, in my opinion, it's not an important uh, ranking factor. Now, again, to your original question, does it matter to have a good grade on uh, Google? Well, you have all sorts of criteria, but what I would do about the speed of a website is trying to find the low hanging fruits, the most important things which can be fixed e easily. For example, let's say you have images which is, are not optimized, are not WebP, and are not on a CDN. Boom, You, if you have a solution to quickly solve all the images, you will likely solve an important thing. Let's say you use a slider on the homepage and it makes the slide, slide the homepage load slower. If you consider that it's not worth it to use a slider just for the homepage, I would just remove the slider altogether from the homepage and instead show an image with the button, it's called the hero image. I would just show a hero image on the homepage and I would fix the issue. Um, there are, if you want to go into details on speed, there are lots of criteria, but I try to give you a few perspective in how I see the page speed insights. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, valuable. So valuable. Uh, I have the question about uh, the line between uh, tools 
and uh, manual job. For example, uh, you know, uh, we can uh, check out everything on tools. They are great. They provide a lot of insights. But uh, something we need to check out manually. Can you tell? Uh, from my experience, for example, we usually check out, uh, provide bug testing. You know, because tools can't uh, tell that uh, something is wrong with the website. Can you tell uh, from your experience what we need to check out manually and how to do it? Okay. Um, one place which is very important, in my opinion, to check manually is that meta description and meta titles are properly made. And for this, the tool will only give you a few details, but they can't tell you about the quality of the titles and meta description. What I, what I choose about the meta titles and meta description are the following. For the meta titles, to reflect what the page is about, to, to be a synthesis of what the page is about, to mention the brand if possible, and to have the use of important keywords in the meta title. Okay. For the meta description, it might must entice me to click on it. What I do is generally I use a tool called I search from. I am searching from. So the tool goes isearchfrom.com. It allows you to uh, mimic how a person from another part of the world would use uh, you, would search. Uh, in their respective countries. So if you want to see how a New Yorker uh, searches for uh, laptops or uh, promotions from for uh, eBay, uh, I would uh, I can use this tool I search from. I would choose, look, I'm searching from New York. Uh, I would type the queries laptop in, in New York, and I can see exactly what a person in New York would see regarding ads. I can see the ads from New York. And I, I use this tool quite a lot to find out uh, what the ads, ads for Google ads are in different parts of the world to see, okay, if uh, some people uh, use for Google ads some keywords, in other parts of the world, they use other keywords. They use like specific uh, reasons to click. I can search, of course, in my own country. If I just type laptops in Romania, I will find out the list of Google ads and it's pretty decent, but I use this tool quite a lot. I search from to find some cool uh, cool uh, uh, text like cool uh, um, reasons to click on the ad so for titles and meta descriptions are the clicks okay um, for let me think um, for speed I need to look at the list of the suggestions a tool like Google page speed will give me and try to prioritize the the most important one uh, I can't give you um a template for what to do, how to fix it. I would just tell you, try and first decide, look at the items Google will give you. They will give you some some uh, information about some uh, specific uh, looks to, things to improve. But if you actually try to implement those, those things, you will see that some things require a lot of changes and a lot of time. And uh, some things are easy to implement and can be fixed very easily. In this case, perhaps it's better to start with the things which are easy to implement and leave the things which are uh, take longer to implement at the end. Okay, you asked me about things uh, which need to check. Um, let's say I want to check meta description for a page. Some tools will not tell me if the page uses two meta descriptions or perhaps even three. There are some websites which by mistakes 
have one meta description and if you go a bit lower they have another meta description the same and the the text differs but they use the same tag and some tools will just tell you look this is the meta description in this case you either use a tool which tells you about this information or you manually check okay let's see uh, in the code let's look meta name equal description let's find this out and to make sure that the things don't give errors for important things it's it's better to do a double check because some tools might occasionally give you some uh, false positive or things like that so they will tell you everything is fine but when you check it yourself it's not that fine uh, also i would look in google search console in google search console uh, you will see some things which google tries to inform inform you about as a webmaster i will look for example at uh, crawl errors they will go to indexing it issues and they will tell you okay for this and this and these reasons we have not indexed some pages on your website and if you go through uh, the list you might find oh, look uh, this is an interesting url how did google got to find that url i didn't even know i had this url on the web page and if you go to the google search console list of non-indexable urls you might find okay look i didn't know about this i have some urls on my website i'm not even aware of Perhaps I should investigate further. Um, Google Analytics. Google Analytics. Google has all the data. It's it's all there for for them, but they don't give you the interpretation. You have to go into Google Analytics and uh, try to interpret things as best as you can. So uh, even if you, you Google can can give you all the all the details that you need you'll still have to put the work and be able to interpret interpret the data for google analytics as best as you can mm -hmm. uh, i have the question about uh, website builders you know uh, some of them uh, you know it's it's hard to fix technical errors uh, when you use wix shopify many others you know uh, uh, what uh, webmasters need to do if uh, they have this uh, uh, limit because of uh, website builders, because they can't fix these technical errors, but they can see them. I would first change they can't fix. I, I want to change challenge a bit they, they can't fix the error. Uh, mm -hmm. I will give you this trick. You might, you might, you, you will surely know, have heard about it, but I want to mention it anyhow. So let's say you have a page and for, for one reason or another, you can't edit it. But you can, let's say for the sake of the argument, let's say that you can add the JavaScript. How about you let the page load exactly as uh, you would expect the normal page. And after the page uh, loads, you put a JavaScript which, change, which changes the title, the description, the indexation. Uh, perhaps it adds some text to the page or it removes it or it whatever. Um, I would... Keep this as an asterisk for a page with I, I generally can't edit. I would consider is it possible still perhaps to add the JavaScript which we edit, which would edit the title, the description, and some other important things via JavaScript. I would just consider if, if this is possible. Okay, coming back to your original question, which said we can't change anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I I encountered this quite a lot in banking industry in Romania, where you go to a bank and say, I want to make a minor change with, which will help you definitely. And they will tell you, okay, we have to get approval from corporate office and this will take three months. And the minor change will take three months to implement even if it's a simple one. 
In this case, what I would consider is I would create a blog on that website. And okay, in that blog, let me play. Let me create content. Let me embed videos. Let me add the texts and whatever. And in that page, allow me to add the uh, things which would make the website load faster, allow me to add content, allow me to allow visitors to comment on the website. If for a reason or another, the website completely doesn't allow to do anything and also you can't add the blog, in this case, I would make a separate website and play with it. Just for, okay, so if I want to help the brand and say, okay, I want to create a podcast, I want to, uh, create a series of articles on a subject. I want to interview something and I cannot do it on the website. Okay, I would prefer to create a blog on that website. If I cannot do it, I would create a blog on a different website and get links from the blog to the main website. One thing, this is one thing I would do. And the second one, I would focus on getting links. Okay, you can't do too many things on a technical aspect of a website for corporate reasons, for all sorts of reasons. They don't allow you to do the changes. Okay get links to that website you can't do it internally make make so that others speak about you and google will would notice it so two things content marketing and get links to the website mm -hmm. yeah yeah interesting uh can you tell about um duplicate content for example if uh, some uh cms uh creates this duplicate content uh, and it's hard to fix uh, because of uh, features that we have on this CMS. Uh, what we can do, for example, if I can't uh, use a 300 plan redirect, how to tell Google to ignore uh, these pages or uh, do we need to ignore them because uh, some of them can get natural backlinks, you know. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what to do today? Uh, right now, yeah. About that. Okay. So... Uh, there are more things about this. It's, it's a hypothetical question situation, and <laughs> there are <laughs> all all bets are on. Okay, so um, if it's a one hundred percent duplicate page, I would try the usual suspects. You you said you can't do three hundred one redirect, but you, perhaps you could do a rel canonical. You could do perhaps a rel canonical via JavaScript injection. Perhaps you could just mention on the page if it's a 100% duplicate. If you could, you could just link at the top or at the bottom of the page. Tell Google, look, this is a link to the original article and link from the page to the other article. Also, I would try to, if you have two pages and for for one reason or another you cannot remove one of them, I would try to link internally from the web from the page from the website to just one. So I would look to through all the pages on the website and if they link to A and B at the same time, I would try to fix. Just link to the first uh, page and ignore the links to the second one. So I would I would find the star I or I would pick one randomly if they're identically 100% and I would uh, add all my focus to the page A. I would, for that page, I would add links, perhaps point via 301, rel canonical, I would perhaps for the page B do things like uh, block it via robots, do a no index, whatever. Okay. Also, if I would mention another website, if I it gets the occasion to mention a page on the other on, on other websites, I would always focus on page A. Okay. Uh, this is one thing I would do about uh, technical SEO stuff. About content. I would consider making the pages different if it's possible to add a certain angle. 
if I would focus on one page, I would add more content to that page. And if I don't want that the second page to rank, perhaps I would remove some text from that page or just leave it as it is, but just ignore it on the long run. And also, at, uh, as a final point, I want to tell that um, as long as Google shows at least one of the two pages, I don't find it as a big issue. What I do find as a big issue is when you have a lot of pages on the website, which are duplicate and 100%, let's say. Uh, if it's just one case or 10 cases or whatever, a, a small number of pages on a website with duplicate content, I wouldn't worry about it that much. If you have a lot of pages and it happened on a systemic, uh, 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 on a systemic um, scale, so a lot of mm -hmm. pages, 25% of your pages are duplicate. In this case, you will try to find the solution because it's important and Google will just be confused. Why should I crawl this website if it, it gives me two different URLs with the same page? I would at some point just stop crawling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice, love it. Uh, we have the great question from Sanjay about indexing. You know, I want to know more about that uh, because, you know, uh, I have a few websites, uh, my clients, and they have uh, plus 100,000 pages, a lot of them. And um, uh, how to control the crawl budget? Because, you know, when we want to uh, rank all these pages, many of them are important. Uh, they can cover long tail keywords. Uh, but uh, it's hard to do it because Google needs time to uh, to check out all these pages, you know. Can you tell uh, how to increase indexing on Google? And uh, I know that indexing is not the final issue. Of course, we need traffic. But uh, how we can get traffic if Google doesn't see many pages with high quality and valuable content? Okay, so I would view it as two separate things. One is the technical aspects. The technical aspects for indexing are make sure in no way or another you are blocking uh, pages on your website. So there can be many traps. I cannot go through all of them, but make sure that if you for, perhaps try to simulate your, uh, your website via Screaming Frog, run your website through Screaming Frog and see if Screaming Frog can successfully uh, run from one page to another on the whole website. Look on Google Search Console. Google Search Console will report to you. Look, uh, you have some issues, and uh, Google, this is what Google will tell you. Well, we have some issue, and I cannot go from page A to page B. In this case, try to fix the errors. Okay. So the first thing, make sure there are absolutely no blocking of pages, and Google and other bots can go from page to page without any problem. Okay. The second thing I would focus, okay, try to make the content as relevant and as uh, specific to the query as possible. So, um, so the, the first one was the technical aspect and the second one is the, on the human uh, perspective. Try to make your content on a website as uh, friendly to the user as possible. If a user searches for something and Google will show you on the third place and uh, they will go to the website and see if they like it or not, some other things will happen than just the visit. They will give links if they like the page. They will come back to the website. They will recommend it to others. Uh, some of these actions Google might see and Google might not see. So if someone leaves a, a mention on Facebook, perhaps Google will ignore it. If someone leaves a link on Twitter, perhaps Google will see that link. It, 
it's less important this aspect but what matters is you give the visitors of your website such an such a thrilling experience that they want to recommend your website to other people so for this purpose i would try to make the the pages on your website so relevant that others want to link to and once you have this you will likely get into a, a spiral where more people will visit your website where google will rank you higher where you will get more references and so on um so regarding your question about indexing two major things don't block anything and make the content very relevant so that people would will naturally recommend you mm -hmm. yeah interesting uh i have the question about the future of seo can you tell uh, how to forecast the future do we need to consider seo today for example if we started from scratch if we have no traffic uh, and it's a fierce competition extremely competitive niche uh but uh we still have the room uh, to jump on this field can you tell for new projects how it's important today to consider nco seo uh because of the future what do you think Okay, um, I like this quote. It says, uh, uh, the predictions are very hard to make, especially those related to the future. So I will make some predictions related to the futures, but bear in mind that these are the hardest one to make. I, I like the most the predictions about the past. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, joking aside. Um, okay, so what are some things to consider about seo and how will they influence our work um my my perspective on this is the following uh, i think more and more artificial intelligence will play a role in uh, in how seo will be done so uh, for example if right now you have a website and you have to write content you put titles you put h1s you put alt text to, to uh, uh, images you create links between the pages you create a structure of a menu you try to make the website load fast you there are all sorts of criteria like that right now you try to do this manually as time will pass what i will what i am expecting is that more and more of these things will be done automatically um i <laughs> i read something about which was quite funny is that uh, artificial intelligence will likely affect in the first uh, in the first stages so the, the people's job who will likely be affected by artificial intelligence are actually the programmer's job. So the programmers do, the people who write code um, work in a very systemic way. They have to, they have an issue and they find a solution and they publish the code. But because they know themselves so well, they can write algorithms for uh, artificial intelligence to write that code for them. So. Uh, harder to replace will be jobs like nurses or uh, people who do manual work like uh, all sorts of uh, things which are harder to done by software and so on but if you have a computer writing code that's easier easy to make and the people who write uh, uh, artificial intelligence are people who understand the way people program and write code and for this uh, reason what i expect is that people doing uh, various uh, small parts of uh, artificial intelligence for marketing i think we'll do more and more of this stuff and we, they will start to actually with things like marketing jobs so i think we're <laughs> some of the, if if we do a lot of manual stuff 
and uh, mm -hmm. things which are, which are repeatable and easy to put in a process and we are not doing uh, things like strategy and things like uh, uh, higher value to added to the client i think uh, our jobs is are most likely to be more likely to be threatened by ai jobs this this is one um, <laughs> prediction of the future i have Okay, got it. Yeah, valuable. Love it. Uh, Olyon, it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Okay, you see my name, Olivia Breda. If you just type uh, Olivia, and I, I am quite well with branding my name, but if you type Olivia Breda, you can find me online. Unfortunately, I have a blog post on my blog in which I write about uh, how to do photocopies cheap for cheap in Bucharest. And people used to call me, hey, Olivian, uh, how do you do this? They think, so I wrote a blog post recommending a business. I did it specifically for free and I wanted to help them. And people started mm -hmm. calling me and uh, asked me how much does it cost to photocopy. And at, imagine you're in the middle of the day and someone calls you like that. So I, I, uh, I removed my phone from online because people would call me for all sorts of reasons. But you can find my email on my blog, olivian.ro. And you will find, if you just uh, search for Olivia Breda, which you see on the screen, you will find uh, a lot of presence of mine wherever network you like. I'm pretty much on a lot of networks. I have a bias to towards uh, TikTok. I I, uh, I think uh, as a personal preference, it's uh, I, I might be confused, but uh, I, I'm not a big fan of TikTok. But in, in other networks like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and many others, you will find me if you just search my name. And I have a, mm -hmm. a French, uh, very unusual name, let's call it, as you said at the beginning. So it's likely I'm the one who will find when you type Olivia Breda and not others, because it's a very unusual name. <laughs> okay, guys, if you listen uh, on audio podcast, you can find uh, all... Uh, this links to uh, social media in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure, Olivia. You share a lot of valuable insights. Love it. Welcome back anytime to provide more insights. And thanks, guys, for listening and watching us.